0: This is Digital Breakthroughs, putting the spotlight on cutting-edge digital marketing strategies for your business with your host, CEO of industry-recognized digital marketing and social media agency, National Positions,
1: Bernard May. I'm excited to introduce Gabriel Flores to the Digital Breakthroughs podcast. Gabriel is an entrepreneur, a highly decorated martial artist, and the CEO of Applied Nutraceuticals. Gabriel has over 20 years experience developing and marketing nutritional supplements. He's had his hands in the launch of literally hundreds of vitamins and supplements over the years. Gabriel, welcome to the Digital Breakthroughs podcast. It's an honor to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. So, Gabriel, please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the nutritional supplement field. That's a great question. I mean, everybody kind of looks for
0: a beginning of, of a path. I and mean, then I guess when you you end up finding a career you love, you stick with it. Have uh, you mentioned earlier, I was, a mar- I was a martial artist. I was an athlete. And not only at one point when I got a little bit older in my late teens, was I training myself and working with great coaches and great um, nutritionists, but I found that I was attracted to nutritional supplements. And it was still very early in the infancy of the supplement industry. So I was a, I'm the kind of guy that likes to learn everything I can. And why I was training, and then began training other athletes. I decided to go to a manufacturing facility I was recommended to. Had a nice conversation with this gentleman who owned it, and he really kind of spent a year mentoring me and teaching me how to make supplements and about what ingredients do what, and it got me really, really just into like the the whole be- amazing aspect of uh, creating supplements and what the you know and, and helping people hit their get their dreams through nutrition and as a nice compliment to training. So it's kind of how I did it.
1: Well, I know you're very modest about this, but I know you've worked on some real breakthrough products over the years. Um, I'm not sure if you can speak about any of them, but I'm I'm sure our audience would be really excited to hear about some of those if you can.
0: Sure. You know, it, honestly in the in the beginning kind of of the nutrition industry, you know, obviously I've been in it for over 20 years, the the everybody played hard, fast and loose. But that was good in back uh, the, the bad of it was there wasn't a lot of cause for safety and people didn't really think about what they were doing. The good of it was the great eccentric geniuses came out. So I got a chance to work on the cutting edge and really work for a company that helped introduce pre-workouts to the country, um, into the nation. It was, you know, I worked with a company that, uh, MRI, um, which introduced NO2 which was the first supplement line to use nitric oxide science to elicit kind of pumps and nutrition transfer, um, in the body. And then I worked on diet, obviously a hundred diet categories and, you know, working, um, with other companies as they were do testosterone, natural testosterone project products, not the kind that you in, inject. And, you know, and I was really there for, uh, watching, you know, most cat, like lots of categories being born. Um, but again, I go back to my time with, with MRI as kind of the real first kind of lead generator in, the, in any category. I mean, without them, there was – without the nitric oxide science that they had introduced, I'd, I believe there wouldn't have been a pre-workout category.
1: Awesome. So I, I'm sure, you know, there are lots of listeners out there listening to this podcast. And they're entrepreneurs, they're interested in this field. Uh, They're not a lot of barriers to entry, or maybe they are, but at least it seems like they they aren't these huge barriers financially to get into this market. Um, Is this a field that you would uh, recommend to an aspiring entrepreneur?
0: Absolutely. You know, if you'd asked me that question, you know, eight, nine years ago, I may have said no. I may have said, you know, this is kind of a hard business to get into and it's a lot of fun, but you know, the market is really about print out, have a big print advertisement campaign um, budget, have a lot of money and really just know you're going to grind it out. And over the last, again, especially five or six years, anybody can attest to the, the growth of social media and the growth of personal brands and social awareness has given even the smallest budgeted entrepreneur with a good idea or a good story to tell an opportunity to get into the supplement industry and and really have a lot of fun. So yeah, I would told right now. I completely recommend it. I have actually. I've been mentoring a couple people on the idea of on their brands and what they want to do with them.
1: So uh, so as a mentor, um, where do you start out with someone who's you know they, they come to you they're they're kind of interested in the space. And they know that digital is important to them. I mean, w- what do you do? How, how do you start out?
0: So I always think that. Um, we, so I go a little bit backwards than some people I know in the industry. And I've, again, I've been around a long time, and I've I've worked with a lot of companies. But some people will say, "Well, I have this great product, and I know it does these things, and now I need to go and build a, a way to sell it." I prefer. To create a story and craft a dream, right? Craft the the entire mission and vision of the brand. What the brand should look, feel like. Who I'm trying to go after, and then create a product to go into that brand. And I'm that. really more or less. Yeah. yeah thanks. Thank you. I'm, i I really believe you should sell what you're most passionate about first, and then find the product that fills that need.
1: You know, this store- is the other way. So start with your passion, start with the story. Um, are, are there any areas of nutritional supplements? I mean, I know when I go on Amazon, uh, sometimes I just see like, there are hundreds of workout supplements. There are tons of sleep aids. There are painkillers. There's, I don't know, you name it. You you mentioned testosterone products. I mean, you almost every category seems like they got a lot of products in them. I mean, so you started with your passion, but let's just say, someone came along and they've got a passion for these workout products. Would you still tell them to, to like enter in that particular area on, on supplements or, or do you have another approach? No, absolutely. No. And no, I think that's the approach. So it's, I could speak
0: of the good and bad of the industry. And I, I, am really dis I have a disdain for people who get into this with the only focus about making a lot of money. Now, don't get me wrong. Making money is great. Like we all enjoy it. But if that is the thing that drives you, you will only work for dollars and you will not work for passion and you will not work for creating um, a legacy or a brand that you're proud of. And, and um, I absolutely 100% tell people you're getting to this Like advice I'm giving somebody right now who has a pretty decent idea. Um, I said, you build an influencer model. Get people to gravitate towards you, get to know you. Get to know what you're about. Do you have a story to tell? Um, is there a reason you really got into this? I mean, people buy people, not things. And once you get them bought into this concept, and again, even I mean, even if it's you, you're able to then introduce a brand, and you've you've worked out the mechanics of it, the the look, the feel, the story. People will buy, will engage that, and it, and truly, if if they um, if you've got something. Even if there's a thousand other brands to do what you do, if people are into you and what you are talking about and what you're into,
1: they're going to buy you and they're going to, they're going to buy from you, you know? So, so that's really interesting. Um, so you've come, someone's come to you, they've got a passion, they've, they've got a product. Um, the, the one area that bothers me a little bit about this is that you really, you're dealing with people's health. Um, you're mm-hmm. coming along and you're producing a new, nutritional supplement that has ingredients in them that, you know, potentially could help someone, but they mm-hmm. could also hurt someone. I mean, what do you, how, how do you formulate, how, do, how are people formulating these products? Because I'm sure most people that come to you have no idea what works and doesn't work and what kind of interactions they might have. Um, how, well,
0: how do you that's,
1: that? Yeah. Sorry. And
0: then, you know, that's the other side of this too. So that's the thing where you have to seek, seek out the professional. Um, if you've never built a pool, you don't go in your backyard with a shovel and build a pool. So what you can do, though, is find something you really like and you can go find somebody, else. And that's where reputable manufacturers come in or great partnerships. So when the FDA a few years ago, not a few, years, was more than 10 years ago, came in and introduced the Shea, which is really kind of a governing... Um, Philosophy for su- nutritional supplements. It changed the industry. It changed a lot of people. You know the fly-by-night guys, the guys that didn't care what they put in. The re- label regulations changed. Advertising regulations changed. So when when I hear people still say that supplements are not regulated, I point back to the FDA and DeShea. You know I work with several manufacturing facilities that have been audited by the FDA that have had to you know, adhere to guidelines and, and principles set forth by the the rules the FDA have set down. And when an entrepreneur or a young or or old or whoever it is that's going to start a supplement line or supplement brand come and say, well, what do I need to look for? I said, if you don't know how to do it, you need to find somebody who does. And that is doing research, formulating properly, you know, not overloading. I'll, um, I'll give you one thing I can't stand. Uh, a lot of people like to take a lot of stimulants, like they take, you know, they overload their pre-workouts and they overload their diet products. And the idea is just effect, Like I'm feeling it. So it must be working. And what they're not thinking about is the the other things that happen in the body because of this overloaded thermogenic effect or this overloaded stimulants. You know, I don't make products like that. I talk to people. I make sure I can find ways to get you what you want and still be safe. And the reason I can do that is because I do the research. I'm smart enough to ask the people to do the research. I grab materials or ingredients from companies that are reputable. Um, I make sure that they have they have science or trademarks. I make sure I get copies of stuff so that I can read and know what I'm putting in at the proper dosages. And then at the, at the end, we put together something safe. And we put our safe as we can based upon the rules we are given and the science that is available to us.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. lots of wisdom there. Um, I was wondering if someone's starting out and they they came to you with an idea and you built out the supplement for them with all these amazing ingredients and uh, it was a great product, what kind of budget do you think they normally need to come to you with to, (sighs) to be successful? So I've done everything from bootstrap a product,
0: one product startup for 20 grand to you know, all the way down the line to having a million dollars or though at something, you know, I, I think it's really the there's really cost of like if you're doing, a, are you expecting to take a paycheck? And if you're not, great because you can fold that money back in, right? Um, that means you need less. Uh, what vehicles are you going to use to drive consumer knowledge? And again, the social influencing aspect of this, I, I, um, I find a great digital agency if I can, someone who is who loves young entrepreneurs or great ideas. I um, actually know one that I've had a, my pleasure of working with um, in the past, if you want me to name them, um, actual positions. And, um, you know, you've, you go to them and you create a budget around that. So simply saying I have like 50 grand is saying I have 50,000, but what are, you, what are you intending to do with it? So I actually try to walk people down and through like the, how every penny should be spent. And most people who start supplement lines, when they're creating a budget, they say, I only have 20 grand. Great, we can do it. But let's measure what that really looks like. And also, don't expect to get your money back right away.
1: Cool. you? Should. Now you okay. Uh, and that's very good advice. So don't uh, don't think of starting uh, a line without, am I, am I being liberal and saying, yeah. don't start something without at least $20,000. And then you've got to decide what types of marketing, digital marketing you could do. You've mentioned influencer marketing. I'm sure that influences that cost yeah, you know, a few thousand dollars to hundreds of thousands of dollars. But right. um, well
0: yeah, I, I apologize. You're right. Like so if I say like, oh you've got 20 grand, so but if you have let's just say, so there's um, there's one gentleman I, I, I can't use his name yet because he has come to me and just we've just started to discuss what he should be doing. But you know he's sitting on half a million instagram followers right now you know he's got you know hundred thousand tiktok followers he's got a big facebook community um he's his own influencing model so he's now wanting to do something to give to, to, his, to his people like a brand like a company or a product and so he'll have a lot of that so that cuts a little bit of the cost back because you know he he has this audience but if you don't have an audience then you have to have a budget for that and that's why Finding a good recommend, I always think finding a good agency or finding a good company that you know really specializes in helping the young entrepreneur or the young great idea um, can help you build a budget, and so you'll know exactly how much money
1: you really need. Um, Great. So uh, you mentioned a bunch of different digital marketing strategies. You mentioned influencer marketing, social media. Is there anything else that you're seeing that? Is really working right now.
0: You know what I think what people um it's funny because I, I know somebody a little bit ago was telling me that they create it they create viral videos. That's what their pitch was I create viral videos. And I'm like, well, by nature, creating a viral video is something that happens organically. <laughs> it's not I don't think it's something you plan for. Um so that was a weird pitch to have to have somebody say to me, but I do like the idea of having a strong website. Um it doesn't need to be like it depends on what you're offering. Is how big the site needs to be and feel. I always like sites to feel like destinations, not gateways. You know, come in, grab something, and leave. I like people to have a site that they can interact with and, and maybe create community through. Click funnel work seems to be doing well, but the what I've learned with quick, click funnels is they're only as good as the people who know how to direct them. That. Just having click funnels doesn't mean you're naturally going to succeed. You need to to really understand how to properly use them and how to get them back to your
1: destination.
0: And again, yeah, I think that's the rest of it again, social and cool. influencers and yeah.
1: So yeah. one of the questions that a lot of people, uh, you know, ask us as an agency is, can we just get to market with digital, or do we need to do other things—radio, TV, PR, uh, magazines? Uh, what is your thought on that? Uh, so I found that with TV, let's just start with TV, um, TV works,
0: but at the same time, you're also, uh, you're in a sea of people trying to scream as loud as possible. And now because TV is not, um, as strong a medium as it used to be, your, your spend has to be so great to get the same amount of impressions from your customers as social media is. Like you could spend less digitally and have a bigger impression than you do on TV. Uh, It's easier to run. You know, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of avenues. It's faster to change. If a commercial is not working, it takes time. If a print or a social media ad isn't working, it's quick. Radio is kind of a middle ground for me. I've seen moderate success with companies with it. Just nothing big, nothing massive. PR is always good. Having a PR firm, having a PR strategy is always good. You, It's, um, Unless you tell people, like, if you own a restaurant and the lights are off and there's no open sign, but you can't expect people to think you're open. So you got to turn the lights on, click the open sign on, open the door, and you have to announce to people you're open. And that's where I think PR really
1: is all about. And I think you have to have a good PR strategy. That's great. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I feel like there, there is some need to get that brand name, especially if you don't have a brand name. Just to build that brand name. Um we haven't spoken about packaging. Um do you feel like there's anything special people need to consider when it comes to packaging? Do they put it in a box? Do they put it in a yeah, you know, in mean, <laughs> a bottle? Well, what is yeah. what's the, the key here? I,
0: I've worked on I've worked on brands that were like we could just simply stick it in a brown paper bag and send it out. And I'm like, that's the terrible most worst idea I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, why would you do that? It cheapens the brand. So the one thing I I'm huge about brand identity and footprints. And I do feel like some people, if you spend all this money making your brand feel good and, and look good online and all that, why would you shortcut it on your packaging? You know, your packaging needs to attract people. And it doesn't matter if I order something online the first time or the hundredth time, I want my packaging to be just as good each time. You know, if I they, if I ordered something regularly and somebody sent me like my, my nice bottle and all my stuff up front, and then by like the tenth time, I'm on auto renew, and I got like literally a whopping brown bag. I would cancel my order. I would be like, so sort they're of taking advantage of the amount of money I'm paying them, and you know they they really honestly are devaluing me. I love the bottles, um. So yeah, packaging is important. Now if you're in retail, uh, I've used this a couple times. I spoke at a conference last year, and I talked a little bit about shelf presence, and I've always said. And this is not offensive, but I mean, I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but humans are like monkeys looking for shiny toys that when we go to retail, we will often be attracted first to the shiniest, prettiest thing, even if it's not the thing that we were necessarily looking for. And I, I go to, I look at, I look at bottled water as a great example of that. Like it's bottled water. But I often find people will gravitate towards buying the Voss bottle of water because of its packaging and and it's how how it feels prestigious it feels and oh I'm drinking a Voss water so I've got this great thing and versus just grabbing the 99 cents store brand bottle of water in a plastic ugly container so I I I do think packaging is important I don't think you should spend so much on packaging that. Your product is, um, is not a, is not a good purchase. Is not a value,
1: but I do think you have to put some some thought into how it looks and feels. That's a, a great point. And sometimes you find that the packaging is actually more expensive than the actual ingredients of the product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, right. you know that that you know, I don't know what you feel about that. The balance between yeah. the investment in packaging versus the investment in product, but I would assume product the end of the day is most important product first Uh, product sorry i apologize product first like
0: packaging packaging can be pretty and it should be but honestly at the end of the day product first because if it's not efficacious and safe and does its job you'll never want to buy it again so So
1: yeah yeah so you mentioned earlier about the fact that people need to come to you with passion but i'm still interested in knowing which categories are the hot ones out there Is, is there such a thing
0: yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, diet has a weird flat trend. Um, neurotropics, neurotropics, brain products are an ever-growing, pro- um, an ever-growing uh, product line. Like you see all these great companies. You're seeing good companies, bad companies, and different companies. People are spending tons of money against brain products. There's a lot of uh, nice data out there about the buying habits of consumers and neurotropics. So that's a big one. That one is not trending down anytime soon. So, you know, I tell people, if you don't even get something, get into neurotropics. Their pre-workouts are always a steady category. You know, if you have something that tastes good, works good, and has a mission, it does a job, pre workouts sell. companies can anchor their business with pre-workouts. The brand, the products I don't like people to get into, and I really try to steer people away from are always proteins. Everybody has a protein. They're very expensive to make. And it's hard to differentiate yourself in that category. So if someone came to me and said, what's the first thing I should do? I'll say neurotropics. What's the second? Let's do a pre-workout or energy product. What's the third? Well, let's look at what your brand looks like. And we'll have to figure what fits into the next genealogy of that brand. Like, What's the next step in that natural evolution of that
1: brand? So that's extremely interesting. So we've spoken about the the great categories to get into. And What are some of the pitfalls? What are some of the the biggest issues that you see uh, with people coming to market with nutritional supplements?
0: um, Lack of efficacy. um, Lack of clear, which, you know, really, the efficacy is just getting it done. uh, Making sure you have a product that works. Um, Lack of a story. Like, really, lack of communication. You know, how are you telling your people what they're doing? How do you tell your customers why you're different or better than the next one? You know, what is it, uh, you know, what's the vehicle you're using to get people excited about you? Um, That's a big pitfall. I find a lot of people, I've seen a lot of great products over my time. fail miserably. Hell, I've worked for companies where I've developed things that should have been home runs that weren't. And it really came down to, and then when I sit back post-mortem and I look at them, communication, we weren't telling the right story or we were a little soon for the category. And I think that that's, that's a big pitfall. So you really have to be strategic. Um, I also find brands tend to, or people tend to over-purchase. They don't test the market. They don't start small enough or, you know, they don't plan accordingly. You know, they don't say like, I'm going to say, i will buy 20,000 or they go to manufacture, manufacturers. the best price is at 10,000 bottles. So they buy 10,000 bottles, but they move a thousand. So they're stuck on nine. So the 9,000 they have to get rid of because they need to recoup. So they start slashing prices, slashing prices, slashing prices. And at some point, all they've done is devalue a great idea. So I'd say to people, start small, have a great story and know how you're going to communicate to people. Know what you're going to say.
1: So if you don't mind, I'd like to dive into this about a great story, about the brand story. How do people approach that? You know, it sounds easy in principle, but I think, you know, we've got a lot of listeners out there. I don't know how creative everybody is. And people talk about a brand story and they throw that jargon around. But Mm -hmm. how do you really approach that? Well, I think first your
0: leadership has to have a vision. Right, like you have to have a clear, a, a clear idea of who you are, even as a person. Sometimes I think some things have to come back to people and who they are as people, not just like, oh, I, I, I've got this great product concept. Well, well, who are you? You know, um, one of the best brands I've seen, uh, or I worked with um, the last couple years, had all the right pieces, but the wrong leadership, and the wrong leadership really was. The person who came up with it and had a great idea should never have run the company. He should always just have been a guy who had the great idea and went and got the right management. So I think sometimes you have to start with if you're the person at the helm of your company or you're the person starting the company. What is your vision for the company? Like who? What's? What are you trying to accomplish first? Right. So do you want to, again chase money or chase category or chase having fun and in, in which I'm a big proponent of fun. Um, it, it, chasing that. At that point, you can sit down and go. Okay, so I've got this. I want to do something. And let's just use cognitive. You know, I'm young. I'm afraid that this is could be the entrepreneur. I'm afraid that as I get older, I'm going to have memory loss, and I don't want to I don't want to not forget things, and I don't want to be so. You know, I h- how do I do that? So I do all my research, and I come up with a story. You know, maybe I talk about. You know, uh, neuroplasia, or I talk, which is, you know, kind of the elasticity of the brain, or I talk about wet brain, which is, you know, which is a theory I've heard a few times about moisture and keeping the brain active. And um, I take something like that and I go, so this is what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm filling a hole. The brand story is I'm young. I don't want to lose my memory. I found these great ingredients and they give me um, focus and energy and knowledge. And then if you can't craft the story, you go hire somebody. You find yourself a good marketing writer or a technical marketing writer and you help to have them help you craft what you can't get out of your mouth. Or, you know, what I mean, like what you can't put on paper, what's in your head. But, you know, not everyone's William Shakespeare. So, you know, sometimes you have to find the right person who can help kind of put that down. So once that brand
1: story is established they're making the products easy. You know. So Gabriel, thank you. I mean, so many great words of wisdom, so much, uh, you know, so many ideas that I'm going to leave our listeners with right now. I want to, before we, uh, sign off, cause we've kind of running out of time. I want you to know, are there any books, blogs, or any other people that you follow online that you'd recommend to the audience?
0: You know, I, I'll tell you, there's a couple of things. Like I, I do like Dave Asbury. Um, I do listen to, you know, there's Ben Greenfield. Uh, believe it or not, if you listen to Tim Ferriss, you know four-hour weekly guy. Go research his history and how he started. And he'll talk about how he started with a company called Brain Quick. E created called Brain Quicken. But he had a very interesting upfront model for the young entrepreneur with not a lot of money. Um, the other thing I think I would tell people, like I've just really begun to do recently, is you know create your own self brand. Know who you are, and maybe do something for you. Like I've. Besides applied, I've got this um, brand I've been working on right now. It's called the Adventurous CEO. And I've I've been lucky. I got like all of a sudden I got a bunch of Instagram followers and I've been able to get people to start listening. But I think you have to to get out there and and, and more or less not even read some people as much as create your own voice online and get people to listen to you too. And you're in people who should mentor you, they'll come. I mean They'll come. You'll find the right things. Like, I just finished reading Jordan Peterson. I love Jordan Peterson now. I read uh, 12 Rules to Life.
1: Yeah, that's a great Um, book.
0: So, So, so Gabriel,
1: um, if there's just one thing you'd like our listeners to take away from the session today, what do you think that should be? If you're afraid, don't do it. If
0: you're doing it, don't be afraid. Genghis Khan. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. But it it just Uh, is. Don't be afraid of what you're doing. Just do it.
1: That is such great wisdom. Thank you so much, Gabriel Flores. Gabriel, thank you. CEO of Applied New Truth's wonderful wisdom, incredible information for our listeners. Thank you so much for all the time today. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you.
0: Oh, thank you. My pleasure. You've been listening to Digital Breakthroughs, featuring experts in all the areas of cutting-edge digital marketing. Digital Breakthroughs is hosted by Bernard May, CEO of leading social media and digital marketing agency, National Positions, located online at nationalpositions.com.